And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords. Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy thir- Thursday. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Got confused, got confused over the day for a second there. Happy Friday Eve. <laughs> Happy Friday Eve. Yes, we're May. We've. Nearly there. All right. Let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day. We're going to try to clarify these major headlines for our listeners, starting off with the Federal Reserve's latest decision. This is our first pick of the day. U.S. rate hike. So the U.S. Fed has raised interest rates again as part of their fight against rapid inflation, but they also opened the door to a possible pause in rate increases. So what's the latest on this front? Right. So, yes, this hike was widely expected uh, by investors and markets, and the Fed increased its key interest rate by a quarter percentage point, uh, and it's its 10th hike in 14 months. Uh, The benchmark rate is now at 5% to 5.25%. It was near zero in March 2022, if you remember. So it's been quite uh, a jump Mm -hmm. since then in uh, what has been a, just a, a short period of time. It's now at the highest level since August 2007 um, as well. Markets, though, are more f- focused on whether the Fed will pause here, particularly with the uh, lingering concerns over uh, economic growth and a banking crisis as well. There's uh, all these um, interest rate hikes and a global recession has led to three banks, major banks basically uh, collapsing recently. Uh, The Fed chair, Jerome Powell, signaled that Wednesday's rise may be its last one for now. He said, quote, we're no longer saying that we anticipate additional interest rate increases, and he called it a significant change. Uh, However, he refused to rule out further action, saying it will be driven uh, by incoming data. So he'll be looking at the trends. Uh, Since the Fed started its battle against inflation, price increases in the uh, U.S. have shown Signs of moderating. Uh, Powell also noted that the recent bank failures and an anticipated pullback in lending as a result are likely to weigh on the economy. But he added that he remained hopeful that the U.S. would avoid a recession, noting that hiring has remained strong and unemployment low. Now, whether the recent rate hike will lead to one here in Korea uh, Mm. remains to be seen. Of course, with an additional rate hike, that means a further gap Mm -hmm. Uh, in uh, the two countries' interest rates. And, of course, that that puts uh, pressure on a lot of uh, trading companies uh, here in Korea. Um, So we'll have to see uh, what the BOK does. All right. On on that front, how does a BOK chief feel about rate cuts? This is our second keyword of the day. Premature. So the Bank of Korea Governor Lee chang yong is sounding a bit more cautious when it comes to easing monetary tightening. He thinks it's a bit premature to begin talking about a pivot to cutting rates already. Yeah, so he was speaking to CNBC uh, in an interview. Uh, in Incheon, there's that uh, Asian Development Bank meeting that's mm-hmm. being held there. And uh, he held that interview uh, on the sidelines of that event. And he welcomed an easing in inflation, but said it was a little bit premature to suggest the BOK will start to cut rates as early as this year. Uh, he cited that inflation is still way above its policy targets. He also said that the pressure on the Korean currency from U.S. monetary policy tightening was now expected to soften in step with the slowing pace of rate hikes uh, in the U.S. Uh, his comments come a day after inflation reached a 14-month low of 3.7% 
uh, here in Korea, but it is still above the BOK's targets of 2%. Uh, he noted that the BOK paused interest rate hikes in the uh, last two meetings because of a 300 basis points increase in the past one and a half years, which he said uh, was too fast. So he basically said the Bank of Korea needs to put the brakes on it uh, for the time being. He added that the BOK thinks it's the right time uh, to assess what the accumulated impacts from this uh, rapid mm. increase is. Uh, Wall Street banks predict Korea uh, could start a rate-cutting cycle as early as the third quarter as headline consumer price index readings come down even further. Uh, but he noted that global inflation levels seem to have peaked despite seeing stickiness in core readings, as he put it. And he also said he thinks advanced economies cannot continue their rapid hikes given financial stability issues, especially in the US and Europe. Um, he noted that the banking crisis in the West has had a limited impact on Korea. And he also noted that the foreign exchange rate for the Korean currency uh, is not concerning. So he's kind of downplaying those concerns, but he's still uh, a bit hawkish on kind of uh, leaning towards a cut in right. interest rates for the time being anyway, because inflation, although it has slowed, it is still uh, very high when compared to past years. Right, right. So, I mean, adding a sort of weight to that analysis we talked about yesterday, of course, it seems more experts agree that inflation may have peaked, but doesn't mean that we can just pivot to uh, steep rate cuts. That's the latest on that front. Uh, on the eve of Seoul Tokyo Talks, what's on the agenda? Let's get to our third keyword of the day. Korea-Japan relations. So President Yoon has met with the visiting Secretary General of Japan's National Security Secretariat. This comes, of course, ahead of the Japanese Prime Minister's scheduled visit this weekend. What do they have to discuss? Right. So uh, officials have been meeting here in Seoul ahead of that trip to kind of yeah. set out uh, the agenda uh, items uh, and details of what uh, will come during the summit. Uh, but before that, Yoon told Takeo Akiba that friendship and cooperation between Korea and Japan will gradually expand with uh, the so-called shuttle diplomacy. Uh, Yoon said Korea and Japan, as partners pursuing common interests based on common values, must work together in the face of a complex global crisis. He also expressed hope that the national security councils of the two nations will continue to deepen their cooperation uh, in security as well as science and technology. He also stressed the need for measures so that the people of the two nations can feel the improvements of bilateral relations as well as the benefits. Uh, in response, Akiba thanked Seoul for recently transporting Japanese nationals, along with Koreans from Sudan. Um, he also congratulated Yoon on what he called the successful state visit to the United States. He also conveyed Kashida's message that he highly assesses Yoon's courageous decision to pursue an improvement in bilateral ties. Mm -hmm. Now, meanwhile, Akiba held a separate meeting with National Security Advisor Cho Taeyong, and the two sides discussed preparations for Kashida's upcoming visit. In particular, the two agreed to work more closely together to thoroughly implement sanctions against the North in coordination between uh, Seoul and Tokyo, as well as with Washington in a three-way uh, ties. Now, the two sides also held the inaugural session of an economic security dialogue Yuna Kishida agreed to launch during their summit back in March when Yoon visited Tokyo, and they exchanged views also on enhancing supply chain resiliency 
uh, res uh, emerging technologies, mm -hmm. uh, the response to climate change and energy security as well. Uh, now, interestingly, Yoon, meanwhile, also reportedly told officials to serve the Japanese Prime Minister uh, Korean barbecue while uh, he visits um, Korea. That's kind of a, a not just a, a menu choice, but that kind of a swipe at the previous Moon Jae-in administration as well, mm. because during his trip to China, uh, there was a lot of, uh, he got a lot of stick for kind of promoting this uh, what's known in Korean as honbap, so mm -hmm. basically eating meals on your own. And he basically promoted that kind of trend when he visited China. And uh, Yoon is basically criticizing Moon, saying, when it comes to diplomacy, why would you promote uh, meals where leaders are eating by themselves? And the so idea is to bring people together. Uh, yeah. I can see it's it's not just a meal in diplomacy, is it? Right. So, yeah, that's why he's uh, been promoting uh, Korean uh, barbecue uh, uh, when uh, Kishida visits um, Korea, of course. Uh, Yoon had a lavish meal. Uh, his favorite omurice dish was served when he visited Tokyo uh, in uh, March. So he wants to reciprocate that with a kind of a lavish meal when the Japanese PM comes here. Uh, to salt so much more than just a delicious meal <laughs> it is i mean the, the connotations of them i mean we can just see it as just you know well why is that important well right. yeah as i said it, there's certain significant meanings attached hmm. uh, to them uh, if you remember the the moon kim uh, jong-un hmm. summit uh, that helped took place they had a uh, naengmyeon which is an iconic uh, dish from north korea so yeah i mean yeah, these are things that we eat, uh, not on a daily basis, but regularly, but, are, regularly, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see what kind of diplomatic uh, significance they have when it comes to these events. All right. Thanks for that insight. Let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Unification policy. So the Unification Minister Kwon Young-se is again urging efforts to rein in North Korea. He was speaking at a meeting of a committee tasked with coming up with a new blueprint for Seoul's unification policy. What's the latest? Yeah, so this committee is certainly uh, speeding up its efforts to kind of get this blueprint uh, underway or uh, drawn up, if you will. Now, uh, Kwon called for the North's positive change, noting there has been a little effort from the North Korean regime to come back to talks. And he stressed that Pyongyang needed to make the right decision so that people of both Koreas can feel safe and lead prosperous lives. Uh, the advisory committee will be drawing up the mid and long term unification policy. The unification ministry plans to release a draft of the blueprint uh, later this month. It'll be based on opinions from the global community and the general public, which will be collected uh, this month. Uh, the envisioned blueprint is one of the ministry's key policy goals. Mm. It's been tentatively named the New Future Initiative on Unification. Uh, the ministry hopes to have a complete policy blueprint within the year. And the committee held its inaugural meeting in March and plans to have regular uh, quarterly sessions. So mm. we'll have to see what has been drawn up and whether it will work, because mm. it seems like inter-Korean uh, tensions are pretty much at uh, its peak at the moment. Right. Uh, they've certainly been heightened. North Korea uh, seemingly is 
uh, more adamant of not returning to talks mm. and continuing to boost its weapons program. So mm. we'll see mm. uh, how much of an effect this uh, envisioned blueprint will have. All right. It seems that the unification marriage also continue to collect public opinions on the so-called new vision. So, of course, mm. we'll have to wait for the outcome of that. Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Medical strike. So a group of doctors and other medical professionals have launched a partial strike in protest of the nursing bill they fear will hurt their jobs. I mean, there's so much to comb through, but what's the latest and the prospects of actually a full-blown general strike? Yeah, this uh, bill has certainly uh, divided the mm-hmm. medical sector, uh, for want of a better word. But uh, yeah, it certainly has led to a lot of controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, despite fears of disruptions of this uh, partial strike, it appears that not much disruption has occurred, fortunately. Uh, but there were some patients, of course, that were uh, inconvenienced. Uh, 13 medical groups led by doctors and nursing assistants have begun a partial strike since yesterday. Um, Medical workers will only partially join the strike for certain periods during the day, so either in the morning or in the afternoon. Uh, This partial strike is planned until the 11th, Uh, But the group also said they'll go on a one-day nationwide strike on May 17th. That is feared to disrupt the country's medical services, especially as it falls on a weekday. Mm. Um, Now, the association said they would hold a series of protests if the government does not accommodate uh, their demands. They've been asking President Yoon to veto the bill. Mm. Uh, But the medical industry, as I said, seems to be divided um, over the issue. So there are some nurses who are welcoming uh, the new bill that better basically defines their roles right. um, in their uh, jobs. But, uh, of course, there's other nurses who say um, uh, it threatens uh, their jobs and doctors alike are also saying mm. the same thing as well. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this is a, certainly an issue that is certainly t- going to have repercussions for some time. Mm. Uh, whether these strikes will certainly fall on the ears of uh, the government uh, mm. and parliament remains to be seen and if any a reoccurring action occurs, but uh, there you have it. There is a partial strike at the moment, so anyone who wants to uh, or is planning on going to, to hospital or needs medical attention, do bear that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, May 17th is also a date to look out for as well. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.